And so we can kind of start with you guys already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Cool. Let me just turn this off. Let me turn off my Let's do one of these things. Hello, screeners, and welcome to another episode of Script to Screen Conversations. It's been a while since we've done one of these, um, but since we are media partners with the Beirut International Women Film Festival, I got the pleasure, or I get the pleasure, of sitting with some of the filmmakers and guests um, from the film festival or attending the film festival. I kind of talk to them about their experience um, so far. Uh, this is day two of the festival. We still have uh, two more days? Yeah, uh, until Friday. Until Friday, yeah. So three more days, uh, essentially. Um, so I'm here with Hani and Leia, um, who are both uh, uh, representing their films at the film festival. Um, hello, guys. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, so, okay, so, so let's go ahead and, and, and start off with the, the easiest question here, which is, um, is this your first time in, in Beirut? Yes, indeed, it is. It's your first time yeah, in Beirut. Okay. Uh -huh. How are you liking it so far? I like it a lot. So far, we've been in such a tight program, though, watching so many, like, starting to watch a lot of films yesterday and before being hosted in such a nice way that we're basically mostly busy with eating and drinking and looking at beautiful things. <laughs> which is very Lebanese. Which is very <laughs> So I am enjoying it a lot. Okay. And, and as for me, it's not the first time, no. Having lived in the Middle East before, I visited uh, Lebanon a few times. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was very happy to come back, though, and gave me some real Middle Eastern food. <laughs> awesome. So you're both here representing your films, um, uh, which are which are participating in, in the film festival. Yours is is uh, unmasked. Unmasked, and it's releasing on Thursday. Yes. Okay. Thursday at seven thirty. And then My your film, film is uh, San Cipriano Road. So I'm sorry for this weird name. It's Italian, but it just <laughs> happens to be the street where my documentary plays. Okay, and it's a, is it a feature length or a short? It's a feature length. Okay, yeah. I'm Great. sorry, I made a mistake. Mine is Wednesday tomorrow. Oh, so it's yeah. tomorrow. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Tomorrow. All right. Um, and then yours is airing. Mine aired unfortunately. Aired, aired already. Last night. Yeah, last night. So okay, okay, okay. So how was the what was the reception like? It was beautiful. Reception was great. Uh, people liked my movie. Okay. Unfortunately, it was not as crowded as I had wished for. Maybe. Okay. But that's fine. It was first day of the festival, so I'm just waiting to maybe pass on screeners and somewhat. It was okay. A great, Fantastic. Were in a great uh, screening block. So there was beautiful four short movies before my feature. Okay. Play. And they mixed uh, fiction and documentary films, which I believe is a very nice. So I was just closing the block with my feature length, introduced by three or four amazing shorts. So okay. that was a beautiful presentation. Since you brought that up, the idea of like how they've uh, kind of programmed the festival. Um, do you think? Do you think that having this kind of because I know a lot of film festivals normally kind of block off documentary alone and fiction alone and, and whatever. Do you think this like intermixing of both mediums, I guess, uh, it makes for a more engaging experience? And the question goes out to both of you. Yeah, I mean, um, I think. Documentaries, actually, we were discussing this earlier, have become really popular. Uh, they're as popular as they are before. And mm -hmm. uh, I think um, many people that watch movies on a regular basis wouldn't mind watching a documentary here and there. I think on day one, we were watching a few short films and then a documentary popped up. And it was the longer, it was longer than any of the other short films okay. before it. Um, the subject matter was a bit kind of 
on the depressing side, but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but um, I wasn't taken back back by it too much. Um, but um, I think it works both ways. It really depends on the person who's the movie movie goer. I think a movie goer will enjoy anything that's interesting, no how matter the subject matter comes out to be. If it's a documentary form or short film form, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe mixing helps everyone somehow. Usually, uh, us documentarists, we tend to be uh, accepted more into just pure documentary festivals because usually fiction film festivals always have a small slot of documentary mm -hmm. films, but it's very limited. It's usually like 10 films over 100 feature films taken shorts and, and feature lengths together. And so now I was very pleased to be accepted into a um, mixed festival. So uh, it's nice to be one of the few documentary films, but here actually in this festival is quite uh, evenly spread. So I guess it's part of their concept too. Yeah, I was one of the, uh, I was actually one of the, uh, the uh, I guess you call it the programmers, I guess, or one of the people that were kind of like yeah. filtering out the, the, the films um, yours were not on my list so that's why I was like I, I must have missed that one because it wasn't on the list that I had the, of the films that I had to screen but um, that, that idea of the intermixing I think is it was very interesting to me that's kind of why I wanted to, to ask it do you think that the um, kind of the, the accessibility of, of documentaries is also why they're becoming more popular again with things like Netflix and Netflix kind of makes them more mainstream than they used to be I guess yeah I believe in the last years we've really been witnessing a development of uh, sort to say cinematizing documentary so as documentary used to really be a TV format since technologies became much more accessible and we have DSLR photography and all of that um, we uh, started to have developed more interest into making documentaries in a cinematic way so mm -hmm. enjoyable to cinema screenings as well and okay. I guess that's a bit following that wave and right. it means also, I was saying that earlier as well, to make uh, films more accessible production-wise, because it is most likely cheaper to make a documentary film than a fiction film. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to tell a really complex narrative in the same way or treat a topic in a very similar way. So it doesn't necessarily mean it is two different religions, or to say, the feature and the, uh, the fiction and the documentary, mm -hmm. but it can just be different aesthetics to tell the same story somehow. It's very interesting. Um, and then, Hani, you're short. You are an actor in it. Yeah. The director wasn't able to make it to the festival. No, it's actually a feature film, yeah. It's a yeah. feature film, yeah. okay. And it's titled Unmasked. Unmasked. All right. Uh, why don't you kind of give us like a little bit about your experience working on it and then what it feels like to be the one that's representing the film at the festival. Yeah, so the feature film, um, it's a very special project for uh, the director and I. And uh, what it really deals about is um, an Islamic uh, family in modern America living in the U.S. Um, they've been there for a while, so it's not like they're new to the country or anything. But it's, it's kind of dealing with living in the society today, uh, dealing with like what's going on with the politics there right now, the, the segregation, how the world is divided, how, you know, like this Trump America, the, making the, all the, like every day there's, you know, some racist remark or some um, religious remark and some religious views. Um, the movie really kind of revolves around uh, this woman who is 
always been um, under her husband's control. Um, she is a veiled woman living in the U.S., but she starts discovering that, you know, she would like to, do, to have something more in her life. Uh, she discovers acting. She discovers art. Uh, she wants to kind of express herself in a different way or a different medium. Um, I play the role of uh, her husband. Uh, he is... Ah, the film's antagonist. Uh, yes. Um, well, it depends on how you look at him, yeah, right? Because yeah. antagonists never think they're evil. Right, right, um, exactly. They always think they're right. Um, but this character is... Uh, to be honest, he cares about her. In, in all honesty, he really does love her. But he has to stay within what he knows is comfortable for himself and his family. And he is always this guy who is overprotective and does not want her to go into this whole business of, you know, you, you can't be an actress. An actress is not a real thing. And, you know, you know, that's not your job. And I don't want you out there in the world. I don't want people to look at you that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how the, the movie kind of rolls with that. And I feel it's perfect for this festival because it is the Beirut International Women's Film Festival. Um, it revolves around the rights of a woman. It revolves around um, you know how some women out there are kind of trapped by you know trapped within their same household um, so this movie deals with that and they kind of deal with their daughter and how are you going to raise our daughter like are you going to also be strict with our daughter the same way you're strict with me um, and the movie goes from there and uh, you see how both of them kind of try to deal with this and how uh, this woman uh, in the movie her name is Farah she, she tries to understand that maybe I can still have a dream um, and pursue it on my own and be my own person right so yeah it's uh, it's it was amazing we shot this in Canada Vancouver Canada the director is uh, originally from Iran but he lives in, uh, in Canada as well mm -hmm. um, um, I'm originally Syrian uh, my parents are from Syria but I've always you know lived abroad so um, it was a pleasure for me to kind of play a character like this uh, who's Middle Eastern um, but uh, I was happy to do this because that way I can kind of relay this message to an audience other than Middle Eastern audience. Right, so right. Somebody in Canada can see this. Somebody in the U.S. can see this. Somebody in Europe can see this and, and see that, you know what, a Middle Eastern family that you think is is what you think it is might not be what you think it is. Mm -hmm. um, there's so, so much more. Uh, these families are just like any other family. Like, you can replace this family with any other ethnicity and they can have the same problems. Um, they can deal with the same issues. So this gives us a chance to say, hey, um, we're trying to show the Muslim woman in a different light. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, she's not who you think she is. She's not what the media portrays to you. Um, she's not who that person is whenever you turn on the TV. Uh, she's more than that. And uh, this is a good chance for us to do that. So uh, obviously this is an independent feature. Mm -hmm. um, were there any hurdles that you had to kind of uh, overcome while you were in, you know, while uh, uh, he was trying to maybe uh, from budget, from finances, the topic being as as heavy as it is. Um, do, do you think the industry has become slightly more open to these kinds of projects or are we still having to deal with a lot of, you know, broken windows and doors to kind of get those, those yeah. ideas across? I Doing this production, I think we didn't face that many hurdles, to be honest with okay. you. In Canada, I feel people are so open, mm -hmm. so happy and so welcoming uh, to relay a message like this to the outside world. Um, 
we didn't deal with many. Uh, I think some of the hurdles we had is just like to make sure we're we're portraying it correctly. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was also a consultant on the film uh, just because the you know the director comes from an Iranian background, so it was a bit different because this is a kind of we we never really say where they're originally from, mm -hmm. but they're more like Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, so they could be Syrian, Lebanese, Jordanian. So, um, it, but we don't really specify. Um, so I was there to consult in terms of like you know anything that's Islamic that's portrayed in the, on the on the on the in the movie to be correct. Mm -hmm. Anything that's um, Middle Eastern to be correct. For example, like we have food you know catered like the food that's in the movie. It it should show that it's original, real Middle Eastern food. Sure. Yeah. Um, for example, the design and the room, um, how their room is going to be, the, how their living room should look like. Uh, what would a family of Middle Eastern ethnicity be like or live like in U.S. in the U.S.A.? Um, how would that look like? How would they interact? Like, what would their daughter be dressed like? Um, so these are little things that you, some people don't think about, but you need somebody to kind of be there and, and make sure everything's portrayed correctly. Because you know the second that you put something out that's not correct, you know they have that one critic like, oh, yeah. that's going to come out and say, hey, this this is not how Middle Easterns live and this is not how they look or this is not how they dress or this is not how you roll a, a praying carpet on, on the floor and pray. And this is not what you wear when you pray or this is not how, you know, so these are little things that we try to kind of be on top of and make sure we portray that correctly. Other than that, everybody was very welcoming. Um, I think me personally as an actor, um, uh, a Canadian actor, but Middle Eastern ethnicity, um, I've always fought against, you know, stereotypes. You know, I'm, I've always, like I told my agent, um, I'm like, hey, listen, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. I do not want to be playing any uh, terrorist roles. <laughs> you know, um, for, I please, like, I'm going to try my best to stay away from that. Um, maybe, maybe as a big, when I was starting off, I couldn't really say, right. you know, I couldn't be right. like this guy who says, you know, I don't want to play this or because I'm not there yet. But um, thank goodness I wasn't typecast at all. Um, I think with it's getting better. We're still not there. Yeah, we're we're far from there. Um, a lot of the auditions I get sometimes is, a, you know, some sort of Middle Eastern terrorist kind of a role. Um, I take a look at it. I see if it's something that would interest me or I think there's a, some positive positivity to play it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, it's not for me. Um, but today it's getting a bit better. Um, you know, seeing somebody like Rami Malek, for example, winning a Best Actor yeah, award that was, is that was, pretty huge. cool. Yeah. Uh, seeing somebody like Nadine Labaki's movie show up and be nominated for the Oscars is pretty cool too. Yeah, it is. Um, Syrian TV is pretty great as well. I mean, it's, it's making a big splash. Mm -hmm. So I think um, us being represented in the U.S. or in Hollywood is slow. I would like it to be a bit faster, um, but I'm seeing signs that it's starting to kind of, you know, I, f I feel it's like phases, you know, there was the, you know, the black actor phase and that with the, the, the Black Panther coming mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. they feel like, okay, well, you know, things are starting to change. Um, Asian culture, uh, you know, Asian actors are starting to think things are changing with crazy rich Asians. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping we will get our turn as well with like a big release or a big film out there that's gonna give that effect to the Middle sure. Eastern yeah. actor as well. And to start, for them to start looking at us 
in another light. Yeah. That you know what? We're just like anybody else. And we don't have to be typecast as a certain character. For sure. For sure. Thanks for that. Um, Leia, your your journey as a, as a documentarian um, with a feature feature length film here as well. Um, can I, can I, again, kind of what, what Hanny did. Give us a little bit of, of kind of like a synopsis of, of the topic and then kind of your journey and any struggles that you faced, again, as a, um, you know, and it's sad that we even have to bring this up in conversation, but the, any challenges that you faced because of the fact that you are a woman filmmaker, any of those, specifically in the documentary area, um, you know, the, that, I think that would be kind of a great segue into, into that right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pleased to get to share something about this here because actually now I'm going to open up a whole nother world because first I come from documentary, second from a completely different country because my film is a co-production in Germany, Italy and I happen to be German-Italian um, but what maybe I can, where I could start off to draw, like to combine, to bridge your experience to mine is that I also feel I come from uh, a place in between cultures, which is maybe harder to explain in Lebanon coming from Europe, but I've also been raised between two worlds, like the Italian and the German world, mm -hmm. with two passports, two parents from different places. So this is kind of just a little backstory on how my film came about, because I set out making a feature documentary on my ancestors, basically, because I went back, I grew up always in Germany, and I traveled back to Rome to where my own grandmother uh, lives in one apartment building since the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And uh, weirdly so, this apartment building has always been a point of orientation in my life, even though my story does not in any way appear in the film. I'm just telling this for background. Um, so my film is about four siblings, all over 90 years old, who live in one apartment building, in three apartments stacked on top of each other. So you can imagine a little dollhouse, or I call it a documentary chamber play sometimes, <laughs> because it has some fictional elements, because sure. these four people happen to be so old, it's three sisters, all above 90, and one brother, and they don't leave the house anymore. So you have these uh, three apartments, they visit each other a lot, they don't really interact with the outside world, but the visitors that come to them into their apartment. And they're extremely lucid in their minds. So what happens? They start fantasizing a little bit because they don't really go on walks anymore. They don't experience the daily day-to-day -day in Rome, in the city anymore, but they start remembering, reminiscing a lot of their life. Okay, this this is uh, like the setting, sure. we have that. <laughs> but what I wanted to tell uh, in this film is mainly uh, our perception on old age, since we tend to perceive, especially women, we tend to be perceived always through the, the role they play towards men in their families. We talk of women rights and we talk about uh, we need to respect our sisters, our wives, our mothers, our daughters. And I say, no, women are also something that is not women, uh, daughter, wife, uh, um, granddaughter and daughter, mother, but they're just women also. And they're not just old because they're old women, but they're just women. So that's a portrait about these thinking and, and speaking people in my film. 
will happen to just be basically I could say blattering the whole time they mm -hmm. just have their own language throughout the film sure yeah and I uh, stepped on this journey with them and uh, they appear as this uh, they appear as seeing themselves as extremely young still this is basically I think one of the main plots mm -hmm. points in my film is that uh, they fight with each other like siblings when they're 20 they still live together they are still caught in this dynamic of really loving life the Italian way they cook a lot they fight a lot they discuss a lot but they don't come across as being 95 at all okay. but outside you see it yeah Ex from the exterior from the exterior you see the shell and there is a some sort of comical contrast being created second contrast is that we have this inside world of the apartments being kind of locked so it becomes a bit cinematic surreal almost they, they start behaving like actors because they're in this stage yeah, of the like, inside yeah, apartment say that it's almost like a stage and that there's a lot of exactly on. there's a lot of objects in which all their life sedimented in so there's three layers in my film it's all their conversations then there's this objects in their apartments like old porcelain vases or plastic flowers or you know like Italian interior style it's a bit like Middle Eastern mm -hmm. also you have mm -hmm. like big curtains and draped things and all sorts of funny items and then you have this outside world which is the suburbs of Rome which is a city that developed vastly rapidly in the 1950s and the whole suburbs got developed so when they built this apartment house as a cooperative um, there were sheep roaming all over the place and mm -hmm. I imagine very similar to Beirut uh, suburbs as well a very similar landscape similar architecture so people in the 1950s in the boom started out building these four-story flat roof houses and they did so it was a an emerging middle-class family yeah. coming from working class working their way up into middle class so really proudly building a house mm -hmm. uh, with state subsidies so I I narrate this history of uh, Rome of Italy of it becoming a first world country in the post-war times yeah. through the lines without words but I narrate it visually by showing this contrast of the outside city and these inside apartments. That's uh, in a shell, in a nutshell. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that, that sounds like a very interesting, very, very interesting documentary. So again, you know, uh, choosing that house and, and these these four characters uh, uh, um, and then going on this journey with them, how long did it take? How long of a time did you spend with them? The, the shooting uh, duration, um, you know, and then any other issues that, that came up along the way whether it be from the funding or you know how many people were on your crew was this were you one woman showing it um yeah so uh i had to act fast when i got the idea they were already 92 93 <laughs> 91 so yeah. i figured i got a better hurry up so i did not start any production funding before hands oh, i okay. just needed to go with it and uh i still i was still in enrolled in school at the time so i got at least uh, cameras and all sort of production means from my school uh, that was 2014 so see a lot of time passed yes since, and it took me four years to complete this films that's amazing wow okay. but production was fast so I basically wanted to portray August in Rome 
because August is a month where the whole city is evacuated. Everyone yeah. goes to the seaside. Maybe right. that's similar to here. So the city is devoided, and who stays in the city are the very old and the very sick. Sure. So the streets are empty. But the old people sit tight in their apartments with the blinds shut, you know, the windows kind of shady. And So uh, I shot 10 days in August 2014. Okay. Very intensely, I just lived there and I became more and more invisible to the environment. I, I did some uh, mimicry there and I wanted to, I was chasing a little bit. I was like a hunter, I guess, hunting them in a very <laughs> friendly, friendly way. Yeah, so sure, they would sure. forget me and really include me into their lives. And I did that for a short and intensive period because I knew I had to just... Um, make the most use to me so I just yeah. had to be there and shoot from 6 in the morning to 12 when they go to bed at night um, then I started collecting funds I did a big crowdfunding where I was very lucky to collect 10,000 euros wow okay funds. Was so, this an online campaign? Or? It was an online okay. campaign with Indiegogo and it was wow, very okay. successful. And I was very happy that went away because it was my first time campaigning. And uh, then and you, I you started... Met, you met your goal? I met my goal. Okay, great. I started introducing a team only okay. for post-production because okay. uh, me coming from photography mostly, I was really, really interested in um, doing the photography on my film as well. Okay. And I was back then too shy to bring in strangers into <laughs> these intimate yeah, apartments because yeah, yeah. I knew I would have to take on a bit of a role of a psychotherapist in a way if that mm -hmm. sounds weird mm -hmm. I was really kind of like em emotionally guiding and leading them a lot as in directing a fiction film a little bit sure yeah because I wanted to uh, get some things out of them like their their charisma should emerge and um, now if I would to go out and do the same film again I would probably dare to bring in team sure. at least two more people because I figured these four people were just so comfortable in front of the camera and they started enjoying it so much that they were not less at ease they were more at ease in front of the camera sure. than without yeah. and that was a big surprise and uh, it made them glow Sure. As if they always wanted to be movie actors their whole <laughs> life, and now they're 92, it finally happened. And um, so I guess, so it was a lot of work for me with a nice and beautiful and powerful team in post-production with a really good editor to kind of, uh, let's say, construct the story sure. for yes. cinema. Yes. And how, what was the editing process then like for you when you were gathering, you had gathered this intense 10-day shoot? I had gathered, I had 30 hours of material, which is quite a lot. And uh, I started out pre-editing for six months, I believe until I finally started collaborating with my editor. Okay. So it was a collaborative editing. I sure. had done a lot of pre-work, it was a lot of material, but we really shaped the film, and I, I'd say really we built the film, sort of. Yeah. Um, we scripted through editing, really, uh, in six weeks of editing. Wow, okay, all right. And, and uh, you know, again, the, the, the Beirut International Women Film Festival kind of like relocalize it here, relocalize the conversation, you know, one of the one of the things that was said at the opening ceremony, which you guys were both in attendance, I, I yeah. presume. Um, yeah, because you said you, you saw me at the, at the, <laughs> the ceremony. Um, one of, one of the things that was kind of mentioned was the the focus. Um, you know, Sam said this that his team don't necessarily identify themselves as feminists, but they identify themselves as humanists because at the end of the day, 
but you know we're here for the human race as, as a whole um, what, you know what do you think the next steps should be in the industry as it continues to kind of like widen the the scope I guess to, to becoming more inclusive and more diverse what what do you think sh- that the next steps should be mm. um, I think you're talking in terms of just specifically the woman right in the industry as a whole right? because you you yeah. I, I guess you and I count as yeah. minorities in yeah. the industry she counts as, as a woman in the industry yeah. so I, I guess as on the humanist level yeah. what do you think you know like what do you I think I truly think what I I would think would, would be a great idea was to take everybody seriously okay um don't don't kind of say, oh, this person doesn't count because so and so, or this person doesn't count. I think let's just all have the mentality of giving everybody a chance mm-hmm. because when you do that, you open a lot of doors to new things, and amazing things will show up, and amazing things will pop up, and you're like, wow, where was this hiding? Well, it was hiding because you didn't give it a chance. Um, I also think people who complain about not having something outside in the industry, for example, oh, well, we're not being represented enough, or hey, we're not seeing enough. Well, you know what? Get off your butt and do something about it. Because the fact that you're complaining, it's because you're just too lazy to do something. Yeah, you can't, this, you, again, it's this concept yeah, of victimhood. You, know? you can't complain about somebody else not doing what you want to see out there. Right. If you want to see that, you go and do it. I remember this one time where um, there there was barely any black actors nominated for the Oscars, and I think Whoopi Goldberg was on TV, and she said, "You know what? Why are we complaining as a black community? None of you guys are doing something about it. You go out and make a movie with a black cast, but you make the movie about like you know the dr- the streets and the drugs, and yeah. and then we complain about being stereotyped. Well, you know what? Make a movie that's not like that." Um, and I think it's easier said than done. I, I mean, it's not an easy job, mm-hmm. but I think the more that you give somebody a chance and the more that you go out there and makes you do something about it yourself, then you will see the change. It might be slow, but it will come eventually. Sure. I'd love to see more women directors being nominated, mm-hmm. I think, um, or recognized. I mean, it's not all about nominees and, and you know awards, but I'd love to see people just be recognized more, um, given the chance more. Um, we've had... Um, a really good, you know, few years now with like, you know, woman centric movies out there. Like Wonder Woman um, did a great job with that. Um, there's, uh, you know, Captain Marvel coming out. There's, uh, you know, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, yeah. yeah, came out. Um, so there's a lot of things coming out there Not uh, with women. And it's not just, you know, oh, well, here's a woman kicking some ass and kicking some butt on TV. No, it's not just about that. But, you know, we ha- we also have a lot of movies out there that deal with women dealing with personal issues mm-hmm. and emotional mm-hmm. issues and um, family issues. So um, I'd like to see more of that. I'd love to see more recognition. Um, just give people a chance, I think, and you'll see that you'll get something great in return. Leia? Yeah, if I may pick up on this, I really like your take on confinement, also thematic confinement, because I believe, if I may have a little comment on the opening ceremony, maybe, uh, I think we should stop being afraid of this word feminism, you know, because it really never, ever had anything to do with a hatred towards men. And I believe really men can afford at their power position that they still have in the world up to today to cope with this word feminism. Mm-hmm. It does 
does not mean a threat. It means yeah. equal respect. And so we do not have to take this uh, humanism out of the drawer again, which is very problematic because it was always tied to colonialism. It was tied to French universalist ideas that did start off with a lot of discrimination in the first place sure. because real uh, discriminatory constitution against females and against minorities comes out of French Revolution, by the way. It comes out of sure. the first bourgeois constitutions. So let's be careful with this and let's let's dare to still use this word feminism as well as something that is full of love and it's full of just love for humans. But we do not have to be afraid of this yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. We already don't dare to use that anymore to say this word femina or feminist it's okay it only means to celebrate sell yeah not even it to celebrate it also means to accuse yeah. it also means to say what is not good we do not mean to be only celebrated as beautiful and strong let's also stop to use this um, combination of the strong women as if it was something special We are all strong because we are all human. We are all strong as we're st as men are all strong. And there's people that are weaker. There's people that mm -hmm. are stronger. Absolutely. But let's not let's, let's stop telling, recounting stories, making movies about the one strong woman, and are all all other male cast. Because yeah. what we are counting at the moment as strong women movies are a lot of those movies where you have one solitary female character as a lead and then a whole male cast. You have this in a lot of very popular TV series at the moment. You have that on Netflix. I can quote uh, Homeland, for example. Mm -hmm. Always great, strong spies, women, uh, politicians, whatever it is, but they're alone. They're not allowed to be normal. They're not They always have to be exceptional, extraordinary. They cannot have friendships with other women. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you bring this up because and you brought up Homeland as well because you know you 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 kind of brought that up and in my mind because I, I I watched the series I'm a big you know like I've had my issues with the series and and certain ways it represents Or coming from yeah, 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 yeah. I can certain, certain, that certain very certain well. you know specifically yeah. season two yeah. and the way it showed yeah. Hamada which was like yeah. Uh, yeah. no this yeah. is not at all but yeah. I still watch you know I I I, I like espionage shows and, and all that so um, but it's very you know bringing it back to Claire Danes' character she's a dysfunctional mother because of the fact that she has to yeah, be that yeah it's and always she's, like this strong women on she's, TV she's, yeah she's like she's problems. bipolar she can't yeah. be a mom yes. she has to choose between being a mom and being a spy and like so it, it's, it's not even yeah it's not she's even always have, she always has a sense of guilt the strong female on screen and really 99% of the stories that I know needs to have a sense of guilt, needs to have a problem, an issue with motherhood, needs to have issues with her lover, with her love, with her husband, or whatever it is. Make, like, please, I, I, I say this to the men out in the movie world, because there's still a majority. Make stories about normal women who just go about their life as strong people who they are, in successful relationships, lovingly, doing what they want to do. That, to me, would be interesting stories. Maybe a film where there's not... <laughs> Let's say a film where there's just an equal distribution of gender, also in friendly relationships to each other, not antagonistical, and not only the sex in the city thing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> We have friendship, female friendship, whatever that is supposed to mean as a lead uh, yeah. spectacle. Yeah. I think it's just, it's cliche. It's always been like this thing in movies where 
you know, a character to fit a certain character in a movie. So like this person plays the comedic relief or this person yeah. is there just so he can die first. And you need or this person is there. Yeah. Identification. So, but, but, okay. So, so then I, I guess, dare I get a little controversial here? Um, since we're heading in that direction anyway, I think, do you, do you think that this is, you know, that this idea of the token characters, I think it's, is it's Hollywood's way to try to pander to the whole, we need more diversity. We need more of these roles. We need more of that role. Yeah. So, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword it's like when you when you when you try to tell honest storylines um and then but that honest storyline doesn't necessarily include a minority character or a female character or an lgbt character or whatever you you know that film is immediately well this is a bad movie it's 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 sexist it's racist it's whatever but then when you end up putting all these characters in there you end up with two-dimensional token characters and they feel like a hodgepodge just to please everybody so then what's the where's the happy medium then i would diversify there very important because i believe that telling a true honest story automatically means kind of like very open display of diversity of society okay most likely okay but i think the, the issue is more like like as your own life you experience your yeah. own life in a way that would sure. be an honest story to yeah. me. you experience contradictions all the time just by traveling somewhere or yeah, you're talking for sure, to strangers for sure. or talking to the cab driver or whatever it is we're having an interview with two filmmakers and you deal, with it. You deal with it on your daily basis so i believe it's not between um honest honest storytelling and um imposed like diversified characters sure. but i believe there's an issue in creating diversified characters that's at play that's the double-edged sword that actually by creating having the intent to wanting to create visibility to certain uh, ethnic groups or minorities and then women again we're not a minority that's sure. also important to differentiate and then we can still be minorities in addition to that but um, it's to <laughs> taking this I, be, I believe it's a shortcut taking the um, the characterization that for increasing visibility and creating a new stereotype around it. And you say, but this creates visibility for diversity. And I say, well, make the diversity a little bit less... Obvious, maybe. Obvious. Yeah. And then I understand your question really well, but then Hollywood would say, but then people don't understand it, then it's all blurry, then it's like yeah. real life, and who cares about real life? <laughs> I think they should just kind of like... if. Any minority out there that they think is a minority that's not represented well, I think all it needs is that one good movie yeah. that'll come out and show the whole world that, hey, why were we, why have we been thinking about them as a minority all yeah. this time? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what everybody needs. It's, it's um, I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's a matter of luck. It's a matter of the right time at the right second. Um, it's a matter of all the stars aligning, mm -hmm. but I think that's what we need. Everybody needs that one breakout film that does this big thing around the world, big buzz, people start talking, and then things will change. Like, I feel like, you know, Crazy Rich Asians did that to, to the Asian community. I really think that before that movie, people were okay yeah i mean you know you have that one asian character in a film but he's there just to be like the, the smart the token one. asian yeah like the, he's the there to be the asian smart character. guy or yeah. he's there to be the comic relief or whatever but then everybody else was white um but then when white people see this they're like hey 
wow, it's like there's a whole new world out there. There's a whole other community of people and they're just like us. And like, and then I want to see more of this. Like for example, and oh, they, they get excited. display emotions. Yeah. yeah. Let's, I remember this even like as a, like in light, enlightening moment of like first time seeing a, sorry, I'm saying this in like to commentize about myself, but just like display of emotions in Asian character lead films. Yeah, yeah. It's like because you, they were always so stereotyped yeah. as characters that you would not see like uh, uh, genuine acting, you know? Yeah. And that's the mean compartment to yeah. this Asian And I'm not saying those movies aren't out there. They're mm -hmm. out there, but they need represent they need to be visible they need more yeah. advertising yeah. they, they need, need more accessibility exactly and that's um, what i would wish for the middle eastern community i would I, like this is what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for this one big movie this one breakout film to come out and change everybody's mind and i'm all for that and if anyone's listening like <laughs> let's do this because this is what we need we need this one big movie to be represented to represent us as normal people with everyday normal lives yeah. and normal problems yeah. um, that is going to make buzz around the world and get people excited to see more. And when you get people excited to see more, things will happen and things will change. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's hard work, but we yeah. that's that's what we I, I would believe we need to strive for. I have another last thought on this where I make it short. Sure, no, no, no but it's, it's I feel it really, really helps. And to me personally, that's what always really struck me in films to have an educative experience also uh, about knowing new parts of the world is to show contradiction. Yeah. It sounds as simple as it sounds, but it's the art of including contradiction in a script to make you as an audience experience the interior contradiction of a character. And contradiction does not mean being stuck in the dilemma of choosing to wear the veil or not. That's simple. That's like A or B and it's a dilemma or something. No, I mean contradiction which is something that you cannot solve like this in 90 minutes of a film. It's something that stays. It's in your identity. And I think we all know this personally from mm -hmm. our upbringing, what it means to grow up in a country where your parents are not from that place and you're constantly um, facing the contradiction in school with your, between friends and your family home that you come back to. And I, I believe that's really what, what, what um, how you create an inclusive script also. And then uh, about the, the women issue in film, because you asked me also priorly to what was my experience in yes, uh, yes, going about the for film sure. world yeah, now. Sure. Um, uh, there's, there's other women, I guess, filmmakers who tend to really avoid these questions because uh, we want to be seen as filmmakers because that's what we are and uh, we'd love to still include our gender though and not having to yeah. deny our gender at the same time but we try to kind of bypass the question a little bit because all we want mostly is just take us as filmmakers and then let us be women as well but mm. for example what I notice in Q&A's or in the production I experienced great help and I did not encounter any boundaries I have to say because it was a very small and private project in a way but later on now on festivals touring my film um, the Q&A's the way questions are posed the way of being interact of the interactions maybe is very emotion focused so uh, sometimes I would answer this question I would like to answer to say um, let us women uh, also make films that are not or 
How do I say? Let's not only talk about emotions and beauty when we talk about women somehow. Yeah. In a way. I hope I didn't it, ask how do you, you feel not. while making the. You know, like I'm like, did I really fall into no, that cliche no, just you now? Totally, you totally did not. Okay. Okay. Totally okay. Did not. But often when you present a women film festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the great. Uh, depths of female emotion and all biographical films. And yeah, yeah. There happens to be a major sensitivity. There happens to be a, uh, um, a tendency to biographical works because there might be an increased sensitivity to like um, psychology or sure, something sure, like that. Sure, yeah. But it, it's as philosophical, it's as thought-based, yeah. it is as complex as anything else because you can never divide thought and feeling. And right. that's just my answer on female and male filmmaking. I would say male filmmaking, female filmmaking does not exist because as usual, yeah. thinking and emotion is one thing and male and women are both. both. And so... Uh, Let's do films together. <laughs> that's my cheesy plaidoyer. <laughs> that, that's a that's a great way to end to end the conversation. Let's let's make movies together. Let's Very, make movies together. You know, a, a new a new version of Kumbaya. Uh-huh. You know, like holding hands, <laughs> make movies together. Um, I want to thank you both uh, for for joining me for this. It was very very enlightening, very very nice conversation. Um, you know, want to wish you both the best of luck with your films. Um, you is is uh, unmasked doing more touring after yes. this festival? Yes, so we have already premiered in a certain, some festivals in the U.S. and okay. in Europe and in Canada. Um, and uh, I think next up we're going to be going to L.A. again and uh, also in Europe again for a few more. Okay. Um, and yeah, we're, we're it's causing a lot of good buzz out there. Um, Great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when we released the trailer, people, I, I got so many messages like, hey, I, I need to see this. When can I see this? And hopefully... Uh, we're gonna reach. It. Uh, we're gonna eventually have have it on a streaming service. It's awesome. So it, there's a chance that we're gonna be putting it on Netflix, hopefully. Um, so yeah. once that's there, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about streaming services. You can you can access anyone can access it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can access exactly. a wider audience. So yeah, hopefully that'll be the place where it's gonna end up going to as well. So and then any other projects that you are? Uh... Yeah, um, I'm still. Uh, I reside in Vancouver, Canada. I'm working on a few projects there. I've done um, a lot of good t- uh, TV shows already. So, okay, cool. Uh, I've been on. Uh, TV shows like Prison Break and uh, Arrow and um, and which I've done is, some. Which is actually ending this year. Uh, yeah, it's ending this year. A lot of these shows actually shoot in Vancouver yeah. itself, so um, it's a great. Uh, it's like TV's Hollywood. It's like TV's yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I mean in Canada, you know the TV's US Oasis. productions come up yeah. to, to get a lot of tax uh, credits, and um, so uh, we're lucky for that. It's uh, it's amazing, and I also wish to see more Canadian productions out there as well, and not really rely on the U.S. all the time. Yeah. Um, that's something we're working on too but uh, yeah I'm uh, currently uh, also shooting a short film so uh, we'll uh, we'll see that soon and uh, cool yeah and follow us <laughs> best of luck yeah. Leia any any up- yeah I'm, I'm currently looking for a production for my next film <laughs> okay. so whoever hears this and wants to join me <laughs> with my nice ideas on life and the world uh, please come to, come up to me my next project is still really really in the starts okay so development Yet, basically, and yeah. development phase, yeah. brainstorming okay. phase, but I can, as much as I can say, this will be about youth, okay, as for a change, yeah, and it will be uh, um, documenting this very important transition times of what happens with us when we're like early twenties, like nineteen twenty, okay. yeah. yeah, in five cities around the world. 
That's amazing. Portraits. Very Portraits ambitious. And maybe these people would meet each other somehow. Okay. People who swim against the stream. That's the idea. Yeah. Very okay. youngsters. Okay. Youngsters who do whatever it may be, something different than others. Okay. It's ambitious. It might take some long development time, but it's just a vague idea for now. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So if, if people um, do want to follow you on, on social media, where would be the best place to do that? Sure. So they can always uh, follow us uh, on Unma Unmasked Movie on okay. Facebook or uh, Instagram, um, or they can follow me as well on Instagram. It's at HaniMFT, H-A-N-I-M-E-F-T. Okay. And they can follow us there. And uh, yeah, and... Uh, uh, it'll we'll just always try to update them the latest uh, festivals or releases cool. I'm still working on my uh, new website for okay. my film so for now it's just Facebook and okay. my name I just spell it out because it's really difficult <laughs> okay. it's Lea Schlude so it's L-E-A and then S-C-H L-U-D-E Schlude Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, guys, as always, if you want to follow me on my uh, social media, you can do so at Al Mahana on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you listen to the show. Uh, stream it on our website, www.script2screen. That's the number two, screenpod.com. Um, and then catch our regular show every Wednesday and Friday on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Thanks, you guys. See you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Al.